Welcome to Financial Planning for Entrepreneurs and Tech Professionals. I'm your host, Mike Morton, Certified Financial Planner. And today we welcome back Megan Russell onto the show to continue our series about aligning your spending with what brings you the most joy. Megan Russell works for Murata Wealth Management. She's the Chief Operating Officer. She has numerous hundreds of articles that can be found on MuradaOnMoney.com. Megan, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. It's always fun to be here. We've done a couple of episodes on this topic. The first was about healthy spending. And I love that exercise, how to help figure out what uh, brings you the most joy. So you had a very um, great exercise that we could do to help you know that process. Because a lot of times we're sort of spending money on the things that are in front of us or we think we need or we do need. And so that was great, healthy spending. And then the last time we were together, we talked about avoiding advertising, all the insinuous ways that advertising is making it into our lives and pulling us away from our healthy spending. And so you want to be very aware of avoiding advertising as much as possible. And today's topic is slowing down your spending. So what does that mean, slow down spending? Do so I have to, our, does that mean I have to stop spending? <laughs> like I can't spend as much money, Megan? Is that what you're telling oh, me? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> so, the, so if you think about the core budgeting strategy, that told us what lane we wanted to drive in. Then we had avoiding advertising that was don't leave the lane. Don't veer off into some other plan just because some advertiser wants you. And this one is basically how to go safely down the road. So how do you go down the road in your lane and make sure that all of your purchases really align with your goals and are something that you're not going to regret later. So the idea is that you can drive down that lane at the fastest speed your car can go, but you're not going to be making really great driving decisions and you're going to put yourself into more the range of reckless driving. Whereas if you just slow down your spending, you slow down your decisions you'll be able to make really smart ones. And whatever comes your way, you're going to be going slow enough that you can react to it better. So it's another piece in that puzzle of creating a healthy financial plan, really, that is going to support your joy and make sure that you um, you can succeed no matter what's happening. So slowing uh-huh. down your spending is... It means you finally decided you're going to buy something. You think you're going (laughs) to buy something. Okay. So we've avoided all the advertising. We've pared down our budget. Uh, You have the money for it even. Uh, It's in your budget. You've planned for it. And you feel like maybe you're going to buy something. And so this is what are some of the steps that you can take on the road to actually making that purchase that will help to guarantee that the purchase is what you really want. Once again, Megan, We should have recorded this episode a few days ago for me because (laughs) I find myself reviewing my credit card statement online and it was unfortunately not just a few lines or one page. It was like the, the, the one month was like multiple pages. I had to hit like the next button to see all the things I had clicked on and purchased. It made me actually feel really terrible. Like, oh my gosh, there's like multiple. I can't even find the thing I was looking for because it's on like page three and it was just like a couple of weeks ago. I think I'm driving way too fast by clicking on all these things that I think I need. So today's episode, I'm really looking forward to it in terms of helping me to slow down on that spending and what I should be thinking about going forward. So where do we yeah. start? 
So the very first lesson is if there's only one thing you do from this podcast, this is the one you should do. Okay. And so this one, I call it wait a week. It doesn't have to be a week. It could be a little bit longer, but I call it wait a week. So the idea is you have a desire. You really want something. And the question is, if you wait, again, I like a week, but if you just wait (laughs) at all, weak desires, things you don't really want, will not be able to withstand the trial of waiting. They just won't. So even if it's like you see it at 8 p.m. and you wait until the next 8 p.m., are you still going to even remember that you wanted it? You might <laughs> That's not. That's what I was really thinking. When you said that, I was like, geez, I only have to wait a few minutes. If I don't click it right then, there's no chance I'm remembering five or 10 minutes later, it's gone. So just wait. That's the first concept. And I first learned this when I was a kid. My dad is also a financial planner. And so he was all about teaching my brother and I random habits to give us good, healthy spending. And so he taught me this wait a week principle when I was a kid. And, uh, you know, we would go to the toy store. We actually went once a week, which is I don't know, an interesting experience. And (laughs) we had money that we earned from our chores and whatnot. And we had enough money that we could buy ourselves things at the toy store. And we just go and look and see what was there. And if there was something that we wanted, we had to tell my parents what it was. Like, okay, this is the thing that I really want. And next week, if we still remembered the same thing, we had the option of getting it. And so back when I was a kid, it was kind of a rule. I was only like five or so. Can I remember for a week what I really want? I Five-year-olds have very impulsive desires. Most of the time, I probably didn't remember a week later. But even as an adult, I find that just imposing this, I'm going to wait a week and see if I still want it. Or I'm going to wait a few days. Or I'm just going to wait. If I don't need it right now, there's no reason that I need to buy it right now. So... Financial planning is a very slow, it's a very slow game. Like, what's the goal of financial planning? Normally, it's a lifelong goal. There's some sort of lifelong thing that you're trying to support, like your future retirement, or maybe even like you have a goal that's happening in 10 years. 10 years is a long time. You can wait a week on, you know, buying that impulsive thing that you really think is cool today you can wait a week and it's not going to make a big dent on the lifetime of enjoyment you could potentially have with this item so wait a week is this first principle and again if there's only one thing you do implement that waiting to make your purchases yeah that is fantastic i like the week time frame again for me man i would never buy anything because i would not remember it i like that time frame I love that your parents would take you to the toy store every week and then make you wait to buy something. I'm thinking if I did if I did that with my kids, there'd just be mutiny. Uh, this would just <laughs> not go over well. I mean, I did just start off too well. And you know, I am a financial planner and now. I'm thinking, oh, I'm just failing. I'm failing my kids. So <laughs> I have to do a better job there. What you really said was that financial planning is a long process and it's not really a process you know and i say this a lot it's not the plan the plan is worthless it's the planning that's important because your life is constantly changing as soon as you write it down it's going to be out of date and so this just fits into that where it's yeah the planning process constantly kind of reevaluating slowing down because it is years long we're trying to do things whether it's 
raise kids, work at our career, enjoy certain things out of life experiences. It's not going to be just that one trip. It's going to be those experiences over time. And so slowing down is a great concept to consider. And here's a specific way, right, to implement a slowing down mechanism that will, again, help you to realize how you can reach your goal in a better fashion. Right. Now, the the first complaint I often hear I, I, with waiting a week is, well, there's really, there's two big ones, but one of them is, but Megan, it's on sale. It's a big one. Mm, oh, but yep. it's on sale. I do want to let you know that every everywhere, almost everything is on sale right now. doesn't matter where you're looking. Like, like on Amazon, almost every listing I look at is, this is the list price, but today Oh, the other thing that just reminds sale. me on, on Amazon too, the new thing where it's like, there's only seven left. Right. You better order seven. soon. Oh. <laughs> I've noticed that. It's yes. like, oh, there's only four left. Yes. You better yes. order soon. <laughs> right? They're always oh, making man. a sense of urgency because right. they're trying to make sure that you drive really fast. That's their incentive. Right. They want to get you going really fast on your purchases so they just fly by and you have right. no idea if that's actually what you wanted. So things are always on sale. So I would say, first of all, unless you're very familiar with the exact pricing of this item. Like you've been tracking for months. You've been looking at these types of things and you finally, you found one and you're like, this is actually a really good deal. And you have such an informed sense. That would be the only time that I would be like, okay, maybe. Because really you've, Still wanted, wait this a day, for, <laughs> you've wanted this for a lot longer than a week. Right. You've been really researching it and you just happen to have found this one. But even then, so humans... We still have a prey instinct. So like when you find something and you've been hunting for it, the joy of the hunt can sometimes compel you to buy it. And so I still think waiting until the the joy of having found it has worn off and you are a little more sober-minded about whether or not you really want it for that price, just wait long enough that you can imagine not buying it. And if you can imagine not buying it and you still want it, maybe then you could, maybe, but most sales are just fabrications. They've marked it up and now they've marked it down. I've never, I've almost never seen kids clothes that's actually on sale. <laughs> like it's, it's always, right. we were going to charge you $20 for this item, but we've cut it back to the normal price of where everywhere yeah. else it would have cost this. And I love sometimes you go around to the stores and you see the like big, you know, mattress stores and every mattress store, there's always, like, hey, everything's on sale. And the sign's there all year long <laughs> and they're <laughs> like faded and yeah exactly right. <laughs> yeah it's so true so that's the right. first complaint i hear i will mention at this point when i was a kid and in my, in my entire life okay i've only had one time that the wait a week principle has let me down okay i went to the toy yeah, okay. store and there was this pet shop squirrel set and i really wanted it when i was a kid and it was in the clearance section And it was only going to be like $2. And I told my parents I really wanted it. And we debated for a long time together about whether or not we were going to still wait a week. We decided to wait a week. And when we went back, the clearance section was gone. And I wasn't able to buy the squirrel. So in my entire lifetime, okay, of waiting a week, including several times that items as an adult have been on sale, this is the only casualty I have. So I think for most of us, we can wait a week. And you know what? Was my wife really that impoverished for not having it? 
I think I'm probably <laughs> fine. It's probably fine that I saved the two dollars. <laughs> yep. So well, I, yeah, I love that. That <laughs> in the real world and your experience has never come back, except for one time. One uh, time, you know, it's, never, it's never come back to to get yes. you. But I will point out, <laughs> you still remember that one time. Maybe. <laughs> I do. <laughs> well, so it's funny because I, when I first started really writing articles, and if you go back, you can find it. I have an article that's when writing about this pet shop squirrel. You can see a picture of little me with uh, a picture of what the squirrel set looked like. And when I was writing about that article, my dad shops a lot on eBay. And a few years later, for my birthday... I'm like well into my adulthood for my birthday. I opened up a pet shop squirrel set. And what was really funny was that it cost the same price. Basically, he got it for $3. So in in all of those years, it hadn't gone up in value at all. No no inflation on that product for those years. (laughs) Still just a clearance pet shop squirrel set. That's awesome. Oh, that's great. Okay, so wait a week. Really good strategy for just again all the things you mentioned really align and everything so what else do we have in terms of slowing down your spending staying you know at a good speed uh, on the road so the second complaint i hear to the wait a week principle is and this is a pretty this is like pretty modern thing it's i'll forget where i found it because like on the internet sometimes you right you're like i don't even know what website i'm on but like i found this really cool thing and i like it So there's the, I'll forget where I found it. And this is where the second strategy comes in, which is that I think that everybody should have a wish list. You should have a place where you save the cool things that you find. And if you find something really cool on a website, have a wish list where you go and you save it. And that's like your wait a week list. You make it the things that you're waiting on even. And when you go open it up to put another thing down, you'll realize like, (laughs) I put that one on two weeks ago and right. I forgot about it. And it get, every time you open it up again, it gives you another opportunity to ask the question, do I still want it? So I have a wait a week wish list. I have things that I had added to it when I was like 15 that are still on there. Like I've avoided <laughs> buying it for so many years because I just haven't ever really wanted it enough. But when I look at it, I'm like, yeah, that's still cool, actually. Like, I still kind of like that. I don't want to remove it because I don't want to lose it. But I have it in its own little category of someday. It's, it's a wish yeah. list. Someday, maybe. Yeah, I still yeah. like it. Yeah. You know what I love about that, too? Because you were talking about the the prey, the predator, like clicking mm-hmm. the button gets us that dopamine hit, which we really want. So I really want to click that buy button, add it to my cart, and then click the checkout and get those dopamine hits. But guess what? If you click the add it to my wish list, right. you get the same chemical reaction. You're still going to feel right. really good about it. It feels um, like you own it yeah. when you've had it on your wish list for 20 years. It just it feels <laughs> yeah. like you own it at some point. But even just that act of, <laughs> yeah, exactly, you know, clicking, even just the act of clicking, we know this from the scrolling. It's why social media works this way. It's the uh, cycle of find Uh, search and find. And that's where you get these little dopamine hits. That's why you endlessly scroll and you'll be like midnight. Why am I still scrolling? Because it's search find. So when you click on the, I love this because you interrupt it with the wish list and also give yourself the reward. Cool. Found this thing. Oh man, I love this thing. Boom. Throw it in the wish list and you're going to get that dopamine hit and feel good without actually opening up your wallet. And then like you said, a week later, just forgot I added it. For me, what's going to really help 
is not even clicking because like I said, a few minutes later, I'll totally have forgotten. I even remember. And if I put it on a list, I'll be like, oh yeah, it was, I've been a week now. Now I can buy it. <laughs> Megan said all I had to do was wait a week. <laughs> See, here's my rule. This is my rule. If you don't remember a week later, it doesn't count. You have to start a new waiting period. So that's how uh, I do it. So if I've added it to my wish list and it's been eight days even, and I'm adding something else, I wasn't going there to look for that particular thing. I was just adding something else. Ugh, I, I reset say. the clock for myself. It's, <laughs> oh look, my I didn't goodness. even remember it was on there. I right, did right. again. And sometimes I think it is, you know yourself better, obviously. So like I, I know for myself, I, I err on the side of not spending money. Sometimes I need to be encouraged that actually like this is a good purchase and I should do it. So because of that, my not removing the graveyard from my wish list is actually helping me to be more joyful in my spending. It, it helps me create more joy in my life. Whereas if I was more of an impulse purchaser, I could see keeping the graveyard being a really bad thing. Oh, I'm going to give myself the excuse that I need in order to get this. So do right. what you need to do to not give yourself an excuse. That's the whole point. You're trying to make Driving really slowly and thoughtfully, the default. And as you were saying about getting to know yourself and building that awareness, so important in so many aspects. And it just brings me back to financial planning and being financial planners in general, because that's where when you have that relationship with clients and doing financial planning, that you could be so helpful over time as you get to know. And a lot of my clients will have that self-awareness already. Oh, yeah. But they also mm -hmm. need help. Like they're, because you have these money stories, money scripts that you grow up with. So whether it's, I'm really good at spending, I need to slow down, or I'm really bad at really finalizing that purchase, but I know I should because it's going to bring me a lot of joy. That's where planners, I think, just earn a lot in terms of just being able to help. Or it doesn't have to be planners, it could be friends, family, whatever, but just right. being able to help those, those innate natures and helping people feel great about either saving more or spending more or right. having experiences, whatever it is. Along those lines, I know some of my friends benefit from having a person that they can tell. So I play that role for some of my friends because I'm super frugal and I'm not going to encourage them to buy something. Whereas you, there's some people you tell them about a purchase and they're like, go for it. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm just going to listen and be like, oh, that sounds cool. Like I'm more I'm not going to push them into doing anything. But also there's some purchases that they're like, like as soon as they imagine telling me about it, they're like, this is this isn't a really good purchase, is it? And just like having right. that friend that you can imagine. Sometimes they don't even have to tell me about it. Just imagining telling me about it. They save That's money right. because they don't do it. Feel free. You can mm. imagine telling it to Mike and I. Like That's imagine right. <laughs> telling us about your purchase. And what would we say about you buying it then? Having a strategy <laughs> like that can help. Yeah. It can yeah. Help no, it's so it. true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and we've talked about that just feeling how it would feel uh, one way or another or fe how it would feel to say it out loud to somebody else. And it's just reminds me of those accountability partners and that whole mm -hmm. system too is just really valuable, not just for the gym and doing workouts, <laughs> but also for budgeting and spending right. it can be just really helpful for sure. All right. So yeah. wish list, using the wish list, good yeah. place to keep things for the wait a week. So we, yeah. so we don't f really forget about it depending on your situation. So you've waited a week. You've waited a week. You've maybe you've saved it. Maybe you haven't. Okay. You finally decided you've waited a week. You still want it. Okay. Mm. Before you just buy it, I ask myself, do I need it right now? Because we're going to, hmm. this is a lifetime commitment here. Mm. Like I'm buying something that I plan on having for a long time. Normally these kinds of purchases, sometimes it's food, but like most <laughs> right. of the time it's like a lifetime commitment. I'm going to keep this through its whole life and uh, its whole usefulness. And uh, do I need it right now? Because if I don't need it right now, 
that's an opportunity to put it on a, like a real like a gift wish list, like something that somebody else could get me for my birthday or mm. somebody could get me for Christmas. And there's a lot there's a lot of waste that happens at the holidays. Like economists, they get a bad rap for talking about it, but like there is a lot of waste that happens. There's something that's called the dead weight loss, which is the difference between the price the giver paid for it and the amount that the receiver would have paid for it. So it's this lost mm. value. I got you a gift and it cost $50, but you would have only paid 10 for it. There's $40 of value that just disintegrated, basically. Like I wasted it because you wouldn't have paid that much for it. And that happens a lot at holidays. But if you have a wish list and it has a bunch of stuff on it that you have waited a week, it's for a price you would have bought it for yourself. And you're sticking it on a gift idealist for your spouse, for your parents, for somebody else to be able to gift it to you. It, there's nothing lost there. It's just, it's so much joy. And I think a lot of people who give in to their impulses a lot, they buy a lot of stuff. They're the hardest people to shop for because mm -hmm. you're looking for a good idea to get them. And it's everything you can think of they already have. Yep. But if you're somebody who's waiting a week who's saving those ideas, who's putting them on this public wish list maybe or shared wish list that you can share with your family and friends, it's going to be way easier to buy one because there's literally an idea right there. Like I could get you that. But two, they'll be able to see the type of things that you do really want. And they'll be able to surprise you with other things that are very similar to the kinds of things that you want. So I think having some sort of shared wish list with your family is another great tool for savings. They're going to be getting you a gift anyways. May as well get you something right. you legitimately want. It's like outsourcing some of the joy of your budgeting. I don't need it right now. Now, it still gives you the option of buying it for yourself. There's nothing that says that when the day comes and you're like, actually... I do want that thing right now. Like, it's not just a abstract, I want it later. I'm not as happy waiting anymore. There's some reason why I want it now. Go for it. Shop your own wish list. Get it off of there. You've been waiting a year for that thing. Nobody else wanted to get it for you. Or maybe you've only been waiting a month and there hasn't even been a holiday yet. But the thing has come and now you're not happy waiting. You want it. But by putting it on the wish list and having that be the next step before purchasing, you you save yourself that little bit more and you slow down your driving that little bit more and you widen the amount of resources available to supporting your core to not just your own resources, but now your family and friends can support the core of your budget too. Wow. Yeah, I love that. So they get to know you even better through that wish list and help them be in that lane of your core uh, wish list. And you know what else really struck me when you were talking about the waiting? You said, do you need it now? And I feel like that's the thing. We know we overconsume. Everybody knows like the majority of people are just overconsuming stuff. And so I'm thinking about purchases, whether it's clothing or kitchen stuff. It's, oh yeah, that new spatula. Do I need it right now? I have a spatula that I'm using right now and it works fine. <laughs> So, right. Do I really need that new one or the, the next pair of shorts to go running? Oh yeah, this new one looks awesome. Do I need it right now? I have shorts that I run in now and they still work. <laughs> so like the answer is right. no. Like so many times the answer will be no, I don't need it right now. 
because if I did, I'd be like doing without something. And maybe you do. Maybe there's something that's like a new activity or a new thing you're doing. It's like, oh, I don't have a utensil in that category. So I, yeah, I need one because I'm right. going to this class next week. But a lot of our consumption is not right now. And so again, by clicking, the put it on the wish list, you're going to get the hit and feel good. You're going to share it with your family and friends so that they you can help them align with your core. And you're also going to save yourself on things that you just don't need right now until you do. Yep. So that's great. And there's one more like very small benefit that wish lists bring. I haven't actually written about this one because can't figure out how to put it into a larger article. So <laughs> hot tip just for this podcast, which right. is that if you keep your wish list somewhere like Amazon, that's I have one of my wish lists on Amazon and um, you keep your wish list on Amazon, you only add things to it when you want it for the price it's being sold at and you're willing to wait for it. So that's my concept. When there's a big sale, okay, it's Prime Day. What are the Prime Day sales that you're going to capture? You go to your wish list, you search this the page. Control F is what you do on Windows. You search the page, you type the word dropped in. Amazon, trying to get you to take advantage of the sales, will tell you every item on your wish list and what percentage the price has dropped since the price you added it. So you can literally just scroll through and be like, oh, there's 50% off that router I want to buy. I wanted to buy it at the old price, and it'll tell you what the old price was. I want to buy it more now that it's 50% <laughs> off. <laughs> and so you're able to actually take advantage of like real sales as opposed to getting snookered into, oh, mattress sale. Yeah. Read my faded sign in the window. <laughs> um, and so I really like that feature. And there's a lot of different sites that have it. Amazon is just the one that most consistently has that. It's going to actually tell you about the real sales. And since they're already things that you've, they've passed the wait a week, they've moved into the, I wanted to buy it right now. And now they're on the, I'm waiting for either it to be the right time or for someone to buy it for me. They've passed so many levels. You're really actually producing savings when you're purchasing something in that category. And sometimes, sometimes it's prime day and I'm looking at the thing and it says it's 30% off and I don't want it. <laughs> and I realize <laughs> it has jumped through all the hurdles. And even at this price, I'm like, yeah, I don't think I want to buy it. And instead of buying it, I'm removing it from my wish list. Right. But even it's that, it's a, nice, yeah. it's a nice another test to see. Is it, do you want it for this price? Do you want it? Do you still want it? Cool. Another way to capture the discounts with your wish list. Yeah, yeah. No, I love it. But you got to be careful though. I'm th thinking, oh, geez, everything's going to be on sale on Prime Day. I can click a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> so. You'd be surprised because you think everything's going to be sale. And when you browse the things, like Amazon has a click to see the Prime Day sales and you're mm -hmm. now browsing just those. Suddenly you're like, wow, everything is so discounted. This is amazing. But when you go to your own wish list, it's going to be two things. Got you, you know? right. Yeah, it's so like some sense. small number because you've added a bunch of random stuff on there and like those things aren't paying. They're not going to be willing to discount it that much or Amazon's not using it as a loss leader or right. whatever reason things have gotten discounted. It's just it's just the spatula. It's that spatula you thought you might add to your kitchen and it's maybe it's a penny off. It's as like it's dropped a penny <laughs> since you added it to your list. Right. And you don't even know if that's because it's prime day or not. Right? You know? yeah. <laughs> the cool thing about that, too, I'm thinking is you get to take advantage of oh, prime day is coming up. I want to take it. So instead of going to the prime day page where they're going to get you, 
with all that advertising, all that good stuff that's being so discounted from an inflated price, probably. Uh, Instead, you could still get that great feeling, oh, cool, Prime Day is coming up. I'm going to go to my wish list and see what's going to be on sale. Yeah, what's um, on sale? And do it there. So that's great. Extra tip. You can do the same thing on your family member's wish list. So on Amazon, you can share your wish list with another family member so that they can see it. And so I can go over to my, it's called like gift ideas instead of called wish list. You can go over to your gift idea list and I can look at all of the things that my husband has said that he wants and whether it has dropped from the price he added it to his list. And I can also look at all the things I've secretly added to a gift idea list for him. (laughs) to see whether those have dropped. So you can do you can do this across like if all of your family's on board and they're all doing this wish list and they're all adding things at the price that they would have paid for them. You can capture deals across the table for all of your family members. It's really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. That's <laughs> great. All right, so we've got in terms of slowing down, staying in our lane, we have the spending wait a, wait a week. Uh, to slow down, it's got to slow down, and then to make sure it's really something you want, you get it on your wish list and review it. You know, if you forget, hey, too late. We'll start the clock again, according to Megan. Um, <laughs> and lots of great tips on using the wish list. So, do you have a couple other things in terms of how we slow down our spending, just to round out tips and strategies for this episode? Yeah. So another one is if you're shopping in person. So a lot of times when I go on vacations and things, I'll find myself like in a gift shop or I'll find myself, you know, I'm at a really cool bookstore or something. I found myself somewhere and I'm shopping in person. And especially when on vacation, you're tempted to just get it. Because like, when are you ever going to be there? You want it. You can't wait a week. This is your only chance. So one thing that I always do is I take a picture of the thing that's really tempted me. Uh, I, I did this back in the day when I had like a dumb phone and I was a kid and I would pull right. it out and take a really grainy photo of it. How much even more so than now? Man, my my phone camera now is better than like my real camera. So. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So you take a picture of it and um, that gives you a nice sense of ownership. I feel like, over the item. Mm, And sometimes mm -hmm. all the desire to buy it can just fizzle away right there. It's like adding it to your wish list. It gets you that nice click. It gets you that nice feeling. So even in person, you can take a photo. But it also means you can walk away from it. And later, you can decide, do I really want this? So you can still wait the shopping experience. You found it in the store at at 1 o'clock. At one you you're leaving. Do you want it at one twenty? You got the hit of having found it. At 120, do you still want to buy it? And so you can still get a little bit of a wait a week there. Also, sometimes taking the photo, um, a lot of times, again, when I'm on vacations, I'll see things that I'm like, oh, so-and-so would like that as a gift. I think I've talked before that like gift giving is a big part of my core budget. And so I'm, I like buying gifts for people. And so sometimes I'll see something in a store and I'll think, oh my goodness, this is so perfect for this person. Taking a photo of it gives you the option of, of showing it to them. So you can give them the gift of showing them the cool thing you found and avoid actually having to buy it. So that's especially true, again, at those gift shop type places. You see some sign. It's got a funny phrase on it. You're like, oh, this is just like what my friend would say. You take a picture of it. You text it to them. You've, you feel a lot better. You got to share it with them. You don't have to buy it to share it with them. You can just take a picture and then share it with them. Also, taking a photo can sometimes mean that it gives you the chance to find it not in the gift shop. You'd be surprised how many like 
random gift shop items are also just on Amazon right. or just like some random site online. And so um, taking a picture of it lets you either do a Google image search with it or you can know exactly who the author of that book was or what the title was and do the search to see if you can find it elsewhere, which gives you then the option of waiting a week. Right, now, right. I came up with all these rules before smartphones. You can also just literally, while you're standing there, and be like, is this somewhere else online? <laughs> right I've done that in the grocery store before when they have those impulse purchases. And it's like, impulse purchase. When I was a kid, there was a audio that used to say, you are looking mighty prosperous today. Might I interest you on one of these impulse items here by the cash register? That goes through my head anytime I am tempted by one of them. You're looking mighty prosperous today. Anyways, so you're tempted by an impulse item. You can also look up those and be like, okay, they're selling it for $25 here. This book that's a kid's book that looks really cool. And it's in the impulse lane. And when I look it up online, it's five. So we don't have <laughs> right. to buy it now. I love that when you're in the gift shop and you're on vacation, because that's, yeah, they get you all the time yeah. on those things. So taking the picture, again, I just love that. It's the same as clicking the wish list. When you were saying it, I was just imagining, and I definitely felt really good. Oh, yeah. yeah. I could just take the picture and then continue to walk around the store. And that really just made me feel good as if I had, I had bought it and then probably don't need it. And then definitely... With the gift, sending the picture, I was thinking they'd want the gift, but it's really, we know so much of gift giving is just the act of thinking about someone else and right. really knowing that person and thinking about them. And so when you text them that picture of that thing, that they're going to get all of that feeling. They yeah. don't need the actual thing. They'll be like, oh man, that's so cool. Thanks for sending my way. Hope you're having a good time. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it's perfect. Yeah. It's just so perfect. Yeah. And sometimes you can text it to them and you're like, this is really cool. And I thought of you. And they're like, oh, my goodness, I want one. Do you there know? Because <laughs> I'm standing right here and it's right there. <laughs> That's right. It's right there. <laughs> so if That's you have awesome. a, I feel like cultivating to that openness with the people that you buy gifts for can be really helpful. Because sometimes I'll be sitting on a gift idea for my dad for a long time. Oh, man, it's been on that list for years. Finally, I'll just show him. I'll be like. Hey, dad, I found this cool thing and I've almost bought it for you like three times, but I haven't bought it because I don't know if you really want it. Do you want one? Most right. of the time, my instinct is right and he doesn't want it. That's why I right. haven't bought it. But every now and again, he's, oh, that is really cool. I do really want that one. And then he, we, I say, okay, you'll have to be, pretend to be surprised. <laughs> 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 okay pretend we never had this conversation <laughs> yeah exactly that's awesome all right cool so taking a photo can definitely help us out the similar in the way the wish list is helping us out that's great so any other ways of slowing down our spending yeah so i think the last one here is just remembering that you don't need to buy there's a lot of challenges that happen online they'll be like no buy november or something like that and it's okay see if you can not make any new purchases for a month and those can be really helpful exercises whether it's like one budgeting category or it's across the board there's people who try to do that even but just i think even simpler than that is just remembering that you don't have to, like if, there, if a month goes by and you don't really buy that much, that's fine. You're succeeding. That's a great, that's a great month. And no matter how much you make each year, there's someone who's spending every penny of a salary five times as great. And there's someone saving more than you on a salary half your size. And I think it's just good to remember that you don't, there's nothing that you have to keep up with here. You need to make sure that you're staying in your budget. 
if your budget is bigger, even maybe than you feel like you want to spend, great. You don't have to spend it all. <laughs> Just as long as you're within your means there, it doesn't matter how small you make the amount that you spend. The less that you spend now, the more you get to spend later when you actually really want something. So I think it's helpful to just have that learning to do without, learning that you don't need to make a purchase. So a lot of these strategies are things to slow down, but there's also just the see if you can want less stuff. Focus in on the things you really do want. And when you have something you're like, that's cool, train yourself a little bit mentally to know that it can be really neat. It can be a very valuable, very good thing that you don't need to own for it to be awesome. Right. And again, I think it does come back a little bit to that like that kind of prey instinct of like you found something cool and now you want it. But you can train yourself in some ways to just appreciate that it is really cool and that you don't need to have it. There's joy in just knowing that it exists out there in the world. I've heard it said you want to be the type of person who can afford anything, but you have to remember that you can't afford everything. <laughs> So every cool thing that you find, you can't afford. There's too many. There's so many cool things. But you want to be the kind of budget and have the kind of life where you could buy anything that you want. So that's the financial independence goal that we're trying to get to. We want to make sure that when you find something that's really going to bring you joy, you can buy it. But we also need to remember that every cool thing that could bring you joy can't all be bought. <laughs> Right. I love the way you said that. And especially around someone spending five times whatever you're spending and someone spending less than half. It's so true that at every level, and we know this working with a lot of different clients and everyone knows this, that at any kind of level of income and expenses, we as humans have the same problems, desires, whatever it is. We're the same human emotions. So that tells you it's not about the dollar figure. Right. It's about all these other things that what brings you joy. And learning to do without, I always say it in terms of having constraints actually opens up the freedom. Because without the constraints, life doesn't really make sense. So think of any kind of game that you love to play. There's rules and constraints, and that's what makes it fun. And so just knowing that you can afford anything just not everything right is fantastic to help you continue to hone in on bringing yourself joy so all these tips and strategies from today will definitely do that clicking the wish list will bring you joy you don't have to purchase it taking the photo is going to bring you joy and it's going to help you really continue to align all of that spending with the stuff that's really core and critical for you Yep, so thanks, exactly. Megan, for walking us through all of these for today and the other ones. And we've got a few more potential podcasts on this um, topic, on this theme coming up. So stay tuned for those as well. Definitely great to have you as always. Yeah. And if anybody is listening and has any questions or is wants to hear more about a particular topic, you should send your question in to either me on my website or Mike on his website. Because maybe we'll get to have a whole podcast where we answer some of the questions that you guys have. So yep. feel free to send yeah. in your questions so that we can continue to help. Yeah, definitely. We'll mention that at the top of the show the next time. But you can email us. Easy to find in the show notes. And we have an email for this podcast called Financial Planning 
pod at gmail.com. So you can always email there as well. Megan, thanks again, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks. Thanks for joining us on Financial Planning for Entrepreneurs. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to and rate the podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can connect with me at LinkedIn or MortonFinancialAdvice.com. I'd love to get your feedback. If you have a comment or question, please email me at financialplanningpod at gmail.com. Until next time, thanks for tuning in. This recording is for informational purposes only and should not be considered for investment advice. Opinions expressed as are of the date of recording. Such opinions are subject to change. We do not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the data presented here.